If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. A very happy Thursday afternoon to you all. I'll Jay Salveson here on 106 on FM, 1390 AM. The Fan streaming on 106onthefan.com. A reminder, you can always find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, all those platforms. Just type in the Full Court Press, Eric's name, my name, and you will find all the in- content to your heart's desire, including Game Time with Gabby, and our including our Pick 6, which we'll be uh, having today, starring Adam the Intern. Speaking of which, I gave uh, Adam the Intern a chance to find a story, and he picked one that suited his knowledge best. That's BYU. So uh, brace yourselves for that. We might lose a few listeners during that stage of the time. Just hang on. Hold tight. It only lasts a few, a few minutes. Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll get to that. We also are going to say we have our pick six. NBA All-Star Reserves announced tonight, 5 o'clock shop. We'll give that to you and announce those. Does Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert make it according to the past two games? You would say no. Has it affected it that much, though? Look at uh, Doncic, hurt his ankle in a practice. He's out for tonight's game. Is he out for the All-Star game? You'll find out more here coming up uh, later on tonight. If he, he is picked as an All-Star starter, so if he can't play in the All-Star game, a reserve will take his place, and they'll announce a second reserve to replace uh, that reserve's place. So I, I do like Donovan's chances. Rudy Gobert's not so much. He's been uh, he's getting ragged and tagged by a lot of bigs right now. Uh, including in last night's game where without LaMarcus Aldridge, the Jazz beat, or excuse me, the Jazz lose to the Spurs. That's two straight. They haven't lost three states since the first week in December, December 1st through the 4th. So trying to avoid that tonight as they get ready for the Denver Nuggets tonight at 8 o'clock on ESPN at Denver again. That's going to be a tough one. It's 8.30? Sorry, Gabby the Intern helping me out over here. Thank you, Gabby the Intern. Uh, 8.30. Uh, tonight, uh, that again, that's on ESPN. Jazz trying to avoid a three-game losing streak at the extremely wrong time. They have dropped from second place to now fourth place, uh, and a loss any further uh, would uh, probably drop to the fifth. Looking at the standings right now, it's pretty nip, uh, nip tight uh, in the top six spots. Again, a loss to San Antonio last night, and really, it's the same theme. It's a common theme with this Jazz team. It's a theme of not playing defense. And then you have the problem with Mike Conley. Look, this Jazz team was humming at one point with the help uh, of, of with the ball handling of Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell. They had things in place. Then Mike Conley comes in, and there's no defense. And then the problem is, is that their offense is really begging to one guy. Is it Donovan Mitchell on this, on this possession, or is it Mike Conley? I, I hate to say it. But even Moutier is a better option than Mike Conley. Now you could say, well, can we trade Mike Conley? Yeah, but no. Yes, because he's, mean, he's a good backup point guard. That's right. He's not a starting point guard. This isn't 2010, 11, or 12 anymore. We're in 2019. And Mike Conley's body is not what it used to be. It's a problem. But I say no because there's $32 million into that, including an extra 34.5 presidential flashcards in his name if he plays 54-plus games in this 82-game season. That's a bonus that, the, that was in his contract that the Utah Jazz inherited when they, when they uh, received Mike Conley in that trade. 
So there's a lot of problems in this because one, Mike Conley's not benefiting in this offense. Two, he doesn't fit. Three, there's no rhythm. Four, ball uh, ball possessions have been just sketchy to say the least. Who's taking this shot on this possession? Not enough ball movement. Do you remember the back-to-back games in that in that winning streak that they had, where? They each, in both games, they had one possession that the ball was touched five times by five different players and ended up in an open three. One from Ingles in the uh, right corner and one from Bodjanovic, the ensuing game, in the left corner. The ball movement was so much better with Mike Conley off the floor. Now, is he a horrific problem? No, but he's not a starter. He's not a starter on this Jazz team. He needs to be coming off the bench. The question becomes then after that, is Mike Conley willing to handle a bench roll situation? And then after that, does how does the bench be affected right after? Jordan Clarkson? Eric Moutier? What happens to that bench? How is it affected? And oh, and by the way, we still have a problem with our bigs because Ed Davis isn't getting the minutes and Tony Bradley's went back to the first half of the season of Tony Bradley. The bad Tony Bradley. The one where he wets his shorts when he's on the court facing anybody who's about two inches taller than him where he gets bullied and pushed around in the paint. It's a problem. Can you trade Mike Conley for a backup big? Can you trade Mike Conley for a defensive wing? To give Royce that rest that he needs. Because Bajanovic isn't guarding anybody as well. The Jazz need to figure this out and figure it out quickly. Because we're now in that key stretch that we talked about. You beat Dallas, you feel on top of the world. And then you lose to Houston without Harden and without Westbrook. Who, by the way, went and played last night in Portland. And they lose to Portland. Damian Miller had himself a night. Two shots from the fringe of the logo. Just because, I mean, when Damian Lillard plays against the Rockets, he's a he is an MVP candidate player. But anyways, I'm I'm diverging just a bit. But the problem now becomes this Jazz team was on a two game losing streak to really two winnable games. They should have beat Houston without Westbrook and Harden and Compella. They lose. They should have beat San Antonio. They lose. Now they got to go to a healthy Denver team. This Denver team is really, really good. Sitting in second place. The Joker's having himself a year. Murray's having a good year. This team is a problem. The Jazz could be in a free fall come all-star break if they don't get these things fixed. But again, it's left up to the idea that you gotta make you gotta make substitution changes in your lineup. And at some point when you make a change or when you trade for somebody, you got to realize that it's not going to work. That you screwed up. Did the Utah Jazz screw up in putting Mike Conley on this basketball team? Giving up a enforcer, as we like to call him, right? There was Trevor Booker and then Jay Crowder, Kyle Korver, the veteran leadership. Did the Jazz mess up in trading all their marbles for one guy with a lot of money and not much in the tank. The second half of the season is going to tell you a whole lot. This trip is going to tell you a whole lot about the Jazz if they're that good. Everyone was talking about them. They're second in the Western Conference. They're on a 10-game winning streak. 11-game winning streak. A win over the Mavericks. 
They are. They're the Western Conference final contenders. Now back-to-back losses, they sit in fourth place. Are you still confident about this same Jazz team with that highly regarded point guard back in the lineup? It's a big problem for the Jazz. Again, tonight, 8.30 against the Nuggets. Uh, your projected starting lineup for the Nuggets will look like this. Gary Harris, Will Barton, Torrey Craig, uh, Jeremy Grant, and, of course, Nikola Jokic. Jokic versus Rudy Gobert. You know, I wish the All-Star Reserve list would not be picked until tomorrow to give the All-Star uh, coaches a chance to see Rudy Gobert one more time on national television because I guarantee you, when Jokic and Gobert get on the court, Gobert owns Jokic every single night. Go- Gobert could be playing out with without his left leg and he'd still beat Jokic up. The kryptonite for the Joker is Rudy Gobert. Problem is that nobody else on the Jazz can play defense. So let's look at the Denver side of basketball. Let's look at the Nuggets side because we already know what we already know what uh, the Jazz side looks like. By the way, no Mike Conley tonight. Thank the Lord. No Mike Conley. Jazz have a chance to win this basketball game. Uh, but the, the woes of the starting lineup for the Nuggets have, have impacted them muchly, just as much as the Jazz have as well. Okay, no Jamal Murray with that ankle injury. So in the seven games Murray has sat, the Nuggets have trailed at the end of the first quarter in five of those games. So surrounding Joker and Barton with competent and willing defenders it's it's worked in some games but in most cases it hasn't but Denver's most potent lineups have come when Denver's second unit actually comes into the game imagine that their second lineup without Jamal Murray in the starting lineup is better than their starting lineup as it is right now in the last seven games Michael Porter Jr. has the single highest plus minus on the whole entire team his average right now is 29 that's the fourth highest in the in in that's the fourth highest of players coming off the bench in the Western Conference. He's a problem because, by the way, your bench contains Jordan Clarkson and a bunch of nobodies, including Eric Moutier. And Eric Moutier is about Jekyll and Hyde, good on some nights, horrible on others. Which Eric Moutier are we going to get tonight? By the way, it's Emmanuel Moutier, isn't it, Adam the intern? My bad. Emmanuel Moody, sorry, he doesn't even have to deserve to have his first name pronounced right. Tory Craig is another one. In fact, uh, Tory Craig. So you you look at you look at Michael Porter Jr. and you say, "Hey, that's a great bench." Problem is on the other side of that bench is Tory Craig, and right now his average of a plus minus is minus twenty five. So you need your starting lineup to actually play well tonight. And then pray like heck that your bench actually shows up. And of course, as we already mentioned, Joker versus Gobert tonight. Jokic versus Gobert. Jokic is probably going to be a starter in the All-Star game. Well, no, he'll be reserved, huh? He won't start really at the intern. Nope. So he's going to come off the bench. But he's going to give him a... So the, pro... so the question then is, does Gobert make the All-Star team with Jokic being there already? With Anthony Davis being there already? Does Cat Towns get the favor, get the nod over Gobert tonight? Again, those reserves will be announced tonight at 5 o'clock. We'll get projections from Adam the intern. and Even Gabby, if she's hanging around. She can project for us. Stick around. She's, she seems thrilled. Not really. Uh, here's the thing. This matchup is probably the... I mean, it's really the spiciest one of them all. Now, like, But 
let's start with the bad end of it. Okay, Gobert does a lot of good things on offense. He does even better things on defense, right? Lobs, putbacks, and defensively, it's blocks. It's being able to recover on a guard. It's incredible. And then, of course, Bajanovic, Ingles, and O'Neal all shoot better than 40%. So it leaves chances for guys to get shooters open like Mitchell. Again, no Jamal Murray because of the ankle injury. How does that affect the Jazz? Now, on the other end, Jokic is like, he's really, in my opinion, one of the lone centers that gives Gobert trouble recently. But overall, Gobert owns Jokic, owns him. Plus minus is in favor of Gobert and heavily. Per possessions offensively is in favor of Gobert heavily. Defensive per possessions in the paint, Gobert heavily. So, again, it's, it's, it's Jokic versus Gobert, and then everybody else is just hanging out as a supporting cast. Eric Franson joins you back here in studio. Eric, welcome. Hi, AJ. It seems like every time, like, at least twice a week now, it's, it's you having to run in late. I know you're a busy guy. You're an important dude. Congratulations. But I'm just saying, it's good to have you back. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to have you back. Uh, hey, Denver. Okay, no, let's start here. San Antonio Jazz last night. Ugly loss for Utah Jazz again. Back to back in. Now they're in Denver after traveling to San Antonio. Uh, I'm worried. I mean, I mean, I, I, okay, so there's optimistic Jazz fans that say, hey, look, it's game. It's it's one game in a, a 82 game season, right? The over optimistic fans. The real, the realistic or realist fans say, this is a problem. Because we beat the sub or lower 500 teams, then get to the competition part, and everybody just goes into a shell of themselves, and we have this problem. Now, we're in a two-game losing streak, maybe looking at three, depending on how things go tonight, and Mike Conley is a huge problem, in my opinion. What do you see? What did you see last night that worries you, and what do you see in tonight's game versus Denver 8-3 on ESPN? Uh, a couple things. Uh, Mike Connolly was only a minus five, so he did score double in double digits off the bench last night. I don't think that he was necessarily a, a problem. I, don't, I didn't see him as a problem against Houston. I didn't see him as a problem against San Antonio. Uh, what I saw last night was a team, and I think really what I've seen the last two games out of the Utah Jazz is a team that is content with the belief that they can just outscore you. Uh, I haven't really seen a, a, a tough-minded defensive Utah Jazz squad over the last little bit. Um, teams are able to score a lot of points on the Jazz all of a sudden. Uh, I, I think part of it is that I think Rudy is an enforcer. I think he's a quote-unquote tough guy on the court, but who else is? Is there another guy that's just going to be out there and be really tough and not take any nonsense. And Jay Crowder used to be that guy. Uh, but who else is that guy? I mean, Royce O'Neal is, is is pesky defensively, but uh, who else is that tough guy enforcer? I don't know that you necessarily need multiple guys like that on a roster. No, you need one, though. But you need one, at least. Uh, but I don't feel like what happened to the Jazz last night in San Antonio was the fact that they didn't have anybody who could respond defensively in that same way. I just didn't see a Jazz team 
that had an answer. Greg Popovich is a great coach. He saw what Houston did. He says, okay, stamp, model, whatever, copy, paste. I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, go out with a smaller lineup, uh, shoot the mid-range jumper, attack the basket, force your big guy to come out of the paint to defend. This is what we're going to see a lot more as teams face Utah Jazz. I think tonight will be different, though, and I think the big difference is the Jazz are going up against a team that has a, a team that they use their center as a big part of who they are. Houston doesn't have a big center that's a big part of who they are. Clint Capella feeds off of what comes around. It's That Houston Rockets team is built on their guard play. Uh, what we saw last night, they didn't have their main guy in the middle, so they what do they do? Let's go to our guards. Let's go to our shooters, and let's spread them out. Let's have five guys on the on the court who can dribble and penetrate and shoot. And I think the difference is tonight, Denver is a little bit different in that way in that they like what Jokic can do for them, so they're going to keep him on the court. So I think we're going to see a different situation tonight for the Jazz in Denver. In fact, I might like the Jazz's chances for a win tonight over what happened with the last two games because I don't think that Denver will necessarily adopt the same strategy because they'll want to keep Jokic on the floor. And so if they do that, the Jazz will keep Gobert on the floor. And I think that works to Utah's advantage. Looking at the numbers from last night's game, Bogdanovic in 34 minutes, 6-16 from the Phillies, 4-9 from deep, 1-1 one of, one of the charity stripe for a total of 17, a plus-minus of zero even. Uh, Royce O'Neal in 30 had... Uh, he had eight points and two of four shooting, two of four from deep, two of two from the line. Go bear in 32 minutes, four, seven, nine of 18 at the line, nine of 18. Goodness. At the line, 17 points. He was a plus six. Joe Ingles was a lone minus on the starter line at seven points, three of eight from the field and one of four. And this is where the major problem comes in. Okay. You had 16 shots from Bogdanovich. Royce O'Neill took four. Gobert took seven. Ingles took eight. Donovan Mitchell, nine of 20. From the field, three of six from deep. He was a perfect from the charity strap of ten and ten, uh, in thirty-one points. But yet he was a minus three. He had three turnovers uh, in thirty-four minutes. Uh, and then on the bench, the only plus was coming out of Ed Davis. Imagine that. In five minutes of play, uh, George Yang had uh, four points on one of four shooting in sixteen. And Tony Bradley in ten minutes, two or three from the field, he had four points as well. Jordan Clarkson in twenty-nine minutes. 20 points, 7 of 14 from the field, 3, 7 from 3 point. Here's the thing, 32 of 46 at the line for the Jazz. 32 of 46 at the line for the Jazz, 27 of 30 for the Spurs. Final score is 127-120. Do you get my pattern? Like, uh, you can't miss free throws, man. Like, it's, like when you're <sighs> giving them 32 of 46, you miss 14 free throws and you lose by 7. Yeah, missing free throws, yes, that's a big part of it. But that's not why they lost, Aj. They okay. scored 120 points. You should win every game, almost not, every game, when you score 120 points. No, not in this day and age. It, th that game was not won or lost at the free throw line. The game was won or lost because the Utah Jazz could not defend. They could not stop DeMar DeRozan. They could not figure out how to stop the mid-range shot. Uh, and that's what's killed him the last two games. 16-19 to 19 at the line was DeMar DeRozan. 11-19 from the field in 37. He had 38. He's a plus 10. Plus 13 for Pirtle, who in former U had uh, 20 in 22 minutes. Was 2-2 two two from the field at four points. Uh, and then Murray. 
Uh, one of my favorite guys to watch, by the way, on an opponent, uh, or at least from an opponent standpoint, 7-10 to 10 from the field. 30 minutes, he had 16. Uh, three guys on the bench finished in double figures for the Spurs, Rudy Gay, White, and, of course, Patty Mills off the bench is one of the most dangerous things that the Spurs can own. Four, sorry, because Bellinelli finished with 10 points as well in 24 minutes. All right, so let's look forward to tonight's game just a little bit well, again. Well, Look, the other thing, too, about what happened last night for the Jazz, the San Antonio bench scored 54 points. Their bench gave them 54 points. That's incredible. I mean, uh, Clarkson had himself a game. He scored 20 off the bench for the Jazz. That's impressive. But uh, the Jazz bench wasn't, wasn't really close to that. So, again, it's just that figuring out how to... Stop teams when they go small, uh, when they when they don't have a true center in the game. I think you're going to see that a lot more because these not only are the the, the teams that they're going to face over this next month not only do they have superior or, or better talent on their rosters, they have superior coaching as well. So these are smart coaches that are going to see the tape and say, yeah, yeah, we don't need our big guy out there. We'll just run a bunch of smaller guys, and the Jazz team they can't figure it out. They won't stop us. But I think tonight will be different because Jokic is a, definitely a big part of who Denver is. So he'll stay on the court. I think it'll be a little bit different scenario tonight than what we've seen the last couple of games. Looking at the off-court situation, in the, according to the Salt Lake Tribune, uh, the Shane Kiesel situation, right? Uh, the fan who was booted out and banned because of uh, allegedly racial comments towards Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russell, let's me, Shane has actually filed a lawsuit towards the Utah Jazz. <laughs> uh, makes me shake my head. Uh, and then in response, Houston Rockets, Russell Westbrook, and the Jazz have filed separate responses to uh, the lawsuit, which is, by the way, is asked for $100, $100 million in damages. The suit claimed def- uh, defamation and infliction of emotional distress as a result of an exchange between the NBA player and Kiesel last March. Uh, both responses denied Kiesel's claims of reckless behavior by Westbrook and the Jazz, and uh, Westbrook's response specifically denies that Westbrook intentionally inflicted emotional distress on Kiesel and his girlfriend, Jennifer Huff, though you cannot threaten to kill somebody. Let's just make that very clear. Uh, Meanwhile, the Jazz response states that they sought to and did appropriately investigate and evaluate the interaction between Mr. Kiesel and Mr. Westbrook. Uh, Counter to Kiesel's lawsuit, their investigation included the use of video and eyewitness accounts of what occurred they say, as a result, the Jazz alleged that Kiesel engaged in highly offensive conduct that justified his ban under the NBA's code of conduct. They say, quote, Mr. Kiesel admitted making certain statements that could be understood as racist and or racially motivated. They continue, they also write that they never used Kiesel's name in their public statements, that Kiesel's identity was revealed as his discretion in an interview he did after the incident with KSLTV and Jeremiah Jensen. Uh... It's not going to end pretty for Shane. I'll tell you that right now. There is no way in you-know-what that he's going to actually win this dang lawsuit. And he might even come out with less, and he might even be owing. Look, th- yeah, this guy's just trying to save face. It's not working. It's actually making him look worse. If right, you ask he's me. just digging a deeper hole. All hey, right. Ajay, breaking news. Oh, I love... Oh, where's my ABC? Ba, 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 ba. Go ahead. That's my breaking news bumper. I'm not sure if I should go Adam forward. liked it. Gabby, did you like it? See? You want me to do it again? No. Because nope. I, I feel like you I'll missed. just start talking and that'll be good enough. Because I, I mean, I could do it. According to sources, the 2020 NBA All-Star Reserves have been announced. 
It's 425. In the Eastern Conference, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Ben Simmons, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Ben Adebayo, and DeMontis Sabonis. They call him Domas. In the West, drumroll, Damian Lillard, Nikola Jokic, Brandon Ingram, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert. They both made it. No kidding. It's Donovan Mitchell and Woo! Rudy Gobert are going to the All-Star game. Oh. Again, this is according to sources. This isn't official from the NBA. but Who tweeted it out? This is from Shams Sharania. It, it's, very it's reliable legit. source yeah, it's from legit. the NBA. Forget that. It's legit. Shams, dude, give him till 5 o'clock, you moron. Okay, and you, Eric, do you know what a tease is? Here, let me help you out. Hold on, hold on. Shh, shh. All right, coming back, NBA All-Star Reserves have been announced for both the Eastern and Western Conference. Did Donovan and Rudy Gobert make it? There's a lot of guards on it. Stay tuned. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390. Oh, wait, you've already announced it. We'll reveal. Shame on you. You're at TMZ. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salvis, another edition of Full Court Press here on a Thursday evening at 4.30. Here's time right now as we speak. Hey, breaking news, AJ. We have breaking news? Just as you teased going to the break. Oh, yeah, we did. NBA All-Star Reserves have been announced. Thank goodness no one gave it away before the break. I know you were talking about it, but we stopped you from doing it. We're making a bad decision. Go ahead, Eric. What's the uh, what's the uh, news? And this is not official. This is according to Shams. It's unofficially official. Shams Sharania. Nailed it. You you gonna go ahead and? Are you okay now? Like whenever you're ready. There. Okay. Uh, so this is according to sources, and he's usually very, very, very reliable. So. Yes. Uh, That's a nice way to put Donovan it. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are. Going to be all-stars. They will be joined by Damian Lillard, Nikola Jokic, Brandon Ingram, Russell Westbrook, and Chris Paul. Okay, so let me ask you something. Who gets more minutes? Lillard, Paul, or Westbrook? Because Donovan Mitchell's going to get like five minutes. The way Lillard's playing right now? Yeah. No one wants to see a 75-year-old Chris Paul on the court. No one wants to see a ball hogging Russell Westbrook on the court. So everyone's going to watch Damian Lillard just huck it up from half court and nail it. No Steph Curry. No Clay Thompson. Nope. Now the question no is. Green. Yeah. No Shrek. Thank goodness. The question becomes if Luka Doncic cannot play, who takes his place as a starter? Right. One of those guards will be moved up. So I think it'll be who was the next in line in the popularity votes with the uh, fans. Oh, Media Alex Caruso. Players. My man. No, he's not close. 
So which of those get moves up into the starter, and then who gets added as an additional reserve? Okay. Uh, anybody that in the Western Conference before we look at the East, anybody in the Western Conference you think got snubbed? There's no. Yeah, Alex Carl Caruso. Anthony Towns. Alex Caruso is my guy. Uh no. Okay, seriously. Uh sorry. Um, no Devin DeRozan? Booker. No Devin Booker, man. Hmm. Good point. No Devin Booker with Phoenix Suns. But you know what? I don't think Devin Booker was good enough to be on the team. Everyone's gonna say he's good. I mean, he's training on freaking Twitter right now. No Devin Booker. What do you know? Uh, he's not good enough. Taking. I mean, you you you're the high volume scorer because you're the high volume shooter on a Suns team. That's what thirteenth place in the West. I don't know where they sit in the West, but it's not good. Only Nikola Jokic from uh, the Nuggets. Jamal Murray's hurt though. I know that with the ankle injury. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. No, Paul George. He's missed too many from games. From the Clippers? Missed way too many games. Can't do it. So give me your bigs again for the West. Sorry. Jokic, Gobert. Who am I missing? Uh, those are your big Oh, uh, Brandon Ingram. Dude, Gobert's going to hey, see. He deserves to be there. Dude, Gobert's going to see heavy minutes. There's a good chance. I mean, you uh, got Davis, Ingram, Gobert, and Jokic. Could you imagine Jokic and Gobert on the court together? Oh, well, Kevin just because these. they're named as West Reserves doesn't mean they're going to play together. Oh, dude, that's right, captains. Because you got captains are going to pick I their teams. I missed the '90s. This is bull crap. Complete bull crap. It's no longer East versus West. I missed that. Hey, speaking of which, we've got. And there's uh, not. That's not the only change, right? There are some other changes that the NBA announced today. Yeah, bada beam, bada boom. Uh, okay, yeah. So the NBA All Star Game has a new format now. What was that? What? It was my thinking. Okay, so like what the drum roll is, whatever the crap that was. Okay? That was like drum roll inside your head? Yeah, so, well, no, that's okay. That's not the drum roll, okay? Is that what what's rattling is, around is up there? It's me, me thinking and gibberish? reading at the same time. Okay, I'm thinking and reading. So, hold on. Okay, so I'm thinking and reading at the same time. You got probs? Uh, yeah? Who's? You probably don't want to hear all my probs. Here's a new uh, NBA All-Star Game format with a minor, actually I say minor, but they're actually going to do more tributes to Kobe Bryant throughout the weekend, including in the uh, in the rookies, uh, what, sophomore game? So they're going to do a bunch of tributes throughout the whole All-Star weekend. Uh, God rest his soul. So here's, uh, here's the changes. Both NBA All-Star uh, Game teams will play for Chicago-based community organizations as selected by team captains. Giannis and LeBron James for the second year in a row. The teams will compete to win each of the first three quarters, all which will start with a score of 0-0 and will be 12 minutes long. Here's the caveat to all of it. At the start of the fourth quarter, the game clock will be turned off and a final target score will be set. The final target score will be determined by taking the leading team's total cumulative? Cumulative. Is that how you really say it? Cumulative. Okay, Gabby says yes. I'm going to believe you. Cumulative? Cumulative. Cum? Cumulative. Just move on. We get it. Score through three quarters. How do you say it? Score through three quarters and adding, here's a tribute, to 24 points. A 24% in the late Kobe Bryant's uniform number. Once the final target score is set, the teams will play an untimed fourth quarter. First team to reach the final target score will win the NBA All-Star game. For example, Eric... In case you're confused, so you look confused. If the cumulative, the cumulative score of the first three quarters is 195 for the 
195. The final target score would be set at 124. To win the NBA All-Star Game, the team with 100 points would need to score how many, Eric? 24. Good. In the fourth quarter before the team with 95 uh, points scores... How many points, Eric? 24. 29 points and vice versa. The community organization selected by the winner of each of the first three quarters will receive 100000 a total of $300,000 donated to the charity for those three quarters. The winner of each of the first three quarters will be the team with the highest score at the end of the 12-minute quarter. The winning team in the NBA All-Star Game, team reaches the final target score of what, Eric? 24. 124 will earn 200000 for its designated community organization. What they're trying to do, Eric, E. Francy Pantsy is that they're trying to make it more meaningful, give you more of a reason to play. Likey or no? 24? Daddy like? <laughs> hmm? I like that they're they're mixing up mixing it up a little bit. All-star uh, ratings for all-star games is down. Oh yeah. Uh, the NHL All-Star game took a took another dive. Yes. So it's not unique to the NBA. And so the NBA has been trying to tweak some things here to make it a little more interesting, more intriguing. That's why they shifted the whole East versus West to just do team captains and you pick your teams, everybody on the playground and who's going to be on your team kind of a thing. And that worked a little bit, but it still wasn't as good as they had hoped because it's it's a ridiculous um, showcase, an exhibition. Um where guys are waving each other off because they just want to go do fancy dunks or everybody try to shoot a three-point shot from a ridiculous spot on the court. I like that the NBA is trying to mix this up and say, look, yes, it is a showcase. Yes, it is an exhibition. But let's also make it meaningful. So I actually like this. At least they're making an effort to make it interesting and to make it for a cause, a good cause. So there's a little more quote-unquote, skin in the game because you want to win for your charity of choice. So it, Does it matter instead players, of just everybody though? just laying out... Do the players out? care about the charity? I, I, hate to tell, I hate to ask that. But if they were going to instead get 300000 each for participating in the All-Star game, would that make it more meaningful? <laughs> That's a lot of dough. NBA's got it. They're not really worried about dough right now. Yeah, still, it's a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I think, look, $300,000 spread out between... What is that? 12, 12 players? players? That's still a lot of money to go to a charity of your choice. And you didn't have to do anything to raise that money. You didn't have to write a personal check. That's still going to be very meaningful. And uh, a lot of these guys are, are, are very involved with different charitable organizations. So I, I like the idea. In regards to the tribute of uh, to Kobe Bryant, By- Byron Sparrell of the NBA's President League for League Operations said, quote, we spent a lot of time considering the right target number to use for the fourth quarter. The, uh, through the events of the this week, it became clear to us that the only appropriate number for this season's All-Star Game is 24. On the charity of donation, he continues, we've been very focused on making it more competitive, making it more exciting, and making it more fun. We have a great collaboration with the union for this year's game. We really focused on what new things we could do to make it a really competitive game where each quarter mattered in this case. Again, uh, the charity will go to Chicago Area Charities, which will ben- benefit from however many quarters Team LeBron and Team Giannis win that night. I like it. I like it. I think it, I think it's cool. Oh, you want me to speak into the mic? That's that's helpful. Could have just said speak into the mic. Or you could have just gave me the secret code. I was giving you a secret code. I didn't say anything. That's true. 
You made it a deal. Uh, so the NBA All Star Game again. It takes place on Sunday. What is that? February sixteenth. Am I not? Yeah, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, sixteenth. So the uh, dunk contest will be on Saturday night. My question is because Zach Levine's in it, I believe. Uh, Zach Levine. 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 Isn't there a Levine? No, it's Levine, isn't it? It's Levine. I swear you're lying to me. Is it Levine? It's Levine. Who's the Levine dude? I have no idea who Levine is. He's like a. Is he a singer? He's like a. He's. I, I saw him on TV once. I thought he was an NBA player. Is it really Levine? Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, Just like Avril Levine. She. She's a singer. Man, I don't know what happened to her. Like her and Britney Spears. Just. It just. Because her brother became big time. They were she kind of got forgotten. when they were like you know in two thousand one. And then I don't know what happened, but it just it went south. I miss Avril when she was twenty one in two thousand one. It was. I don't know if she was 21, but I miss Avril Levine in 2001. Anyway. Anyway, uh, this all-star game, are you going to watch? Uh, yeah. Two Utah Jazz players, absolutely I'm going to watch. Hey, if the Utah Jazz players don't make it, do you still watch? Probably not. Uh, it might be on. I might casually peruse the channels to see how it's going, but meh, meh. You're not that interested. No. I, I like the the pre-events much better. I like the Saturday night events. I hate the Saturday night stuff. Like the dunk contest is boring to me. I mean, the three-point three shooting contest is awesome. I'm really... Have they announced the contestants yet? For the three-point shootout? No. Yeah, uh, sorry. I don't think so. You think a jazz player participates? Spadjanovic? Possible. Boyan or Joe? I mean, Joe Ingles has had one of the better and best three-point shooting percentages in the NBA for the last couple of seasons, but I'd be stunned they don't invite him because he he's not an exciting trash. player that everybody's going to get real excited but about. But it's a three-point shooting contest. You don't care. You shoot threes. No, it's not supposed to be exciting. It's exciting if you go perfect. You know, they should invite Joe and then mic him. Oh, dude, I'd do anything <laughs> to have Joe mic'd up. He would talk up. so much trash. Oh, man. I mean, you might have to put in a few bleeps just in case. <laughs> yeah, you have to dude, have somebody ready would, with the, the I dump would button. absolutely, positively, without a doubt, watch that thing. I would love to see. They seem to mic up Joe during a game versus, like, Houston. If there's one team you would pick for him to be mic'd up against, it would be who? Uh, well, I was going to say, last year's uh, Oklahoma City. Would have been delicious, but there, there's <laughs> with no Westbrook way we would have been able to And Paul George. No way we've been able to listen to it. No, probably not. Not for innocent ears. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, we got to take a break. Coming back, Dodgers, Red Sox, East Coast, West Coast, potential trade rumors coming up, and they're spicy. What? I'm giving you my secret code now so I don't have to talk on the radio. Just hit the table like 15 times. Or give me that. Do that. Yeah, what's up? This is from uh, Jeremiah Jensen. I love me some JJ. Doing some research. It's a nice dude. First time two jazz players have been selected to the since NBA All-Star Game since. Stockton and Malone. No. Darren Williams and Carlos? You got one of those correct. Karolinko. Since Carlos Boozer and Mehmet Okur. When? But Boozer did not play. That yeah. was back in 2007. Yeah, Boozer set out any game he could just to get a free chance. Okur was a late addition because of... Injuries to other 
another player. Okay, but there so, were two jazz okay, players who so were two named as all-stars. active jazz players actually played, Stockton and Malone. Because uh, I'm not counting Boozer in an all-star game. I'm sorry. He was an all-star. No. <laughs> yeah, he was on Team USA 2 in 2008, too. And he won a gold medal because he wrote the coattails of Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and he was an Olympian. Dwayne Wade. He was an Olympian and an all-star. Man, if anybody lived a good life, it was Carlos Boozer. But you're right. The last time, thank you, Jeremiah, the last time two jazz players played together in an all-star game was Stockton and Malone, and that was in 2000. 2000? Really? So not 93 in Salt Lake. There's no, a couple. Play a lot of by the way, there's a few teams. I don't know, dude. I think there's a few teams he got snubbed on, like 94, 95, 96. I don't think he made the Western All Stars. Now he played on the Olympic team in 96. Carl? No, or John. Stockton. Yeah, they did. They never left. Gary Carl. Payton, like Gary Payton, Penny Hart, not Penny Hardaway. Gary Payton, Jason Kidd. Um, like there's a list of guards that got over Stockton. I think from 94 to nine, maybe even 2000. And I think they only gave the one in 2000 because they felt bad for Stockton. At that point, <laughs> like we haven't, we have, we haven't. Put, I hate, no, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> I better not. Um, let's go to break. Coming back, Dodgers, Red Sox trade rumors. It looks good. It looks spicy. But do we like it? Is it, is it conceivable? Does it make sense? It's all coming up here on the Full Court Press. Eric France and Audrey Salveson, Adam the intern, Gabby standing behind me nervously, kind of making me nervous too. So they're watching what you're doing. So you better do it right. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna push play. I'm going to turn off these buttons. Adam, don't touch the button! The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Full Court Press, Eric France, and Jay Salveson here at 448. Your time is to close up the first hour. Put a bow on it. Get you ready for the second hour. Mucho talk of sports. Coming up in the second hour. Mucho. That means a lot, right? Yeah, see? Mucho. In Indian, that's a lot. Eric. Uh, yummy things going on in baseball. Baseball's in its off-season period right now, but... Spicy beans being made in the pot. Mookie Betts trade rumors. Dodgers? East Coast, West Coast? Getting along? Uh, could also involve uh, David Price. Yeah, the lefty. Uh, here's the problem, though. He's expensive, and the, the Red Sox want to try and keep him. But he's also had elbow problems for a while now. Like, serious elbow problems. And then he has mood problems. He has mood swings, kind of like you. And, like, sometimes he's happy and sometimes he's down and you just don't know what you're going to get out of him on the mound. But the Dodgers are looking for another starter badly and they feel like another lefty will help their starting rotation. Do you like that? If David Price, and by the way, Red Sox like what the farm system has in L.A. a lot. They have three up-and-coming kids in the AAA who are going to be, I mean, they're going to start in the big show one day. So well, so the question is, why, why trade Mookie Betts? He's a great player. He's been great for Boston. Well, Gabby brought something up kind of interesting. She said that he it looks like he kind of wants to go. Well, the one of the big things here is he becomes a free agent after this season. Yeah. And so it, if he is wanting to go somewhere else and explore his options, 
then we see this throughout professional sports. If you know someone's going to leave, move them now so you get something in return instead of they leave and you're left with nothing but salary relief. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it, it might as well try to get something in return. Amen. Find some other key pieces that can help you. So uh, it, it could be really, really interesting to see what trade partners are out there. Now, uh, but uh, could be that the, there's some prevailing talk that uh, the Dodgers could be one of those teams. And who would they give up? Here's the thing is that, and by the way, the Dodgers farm system is one of the best in the league right now. There's the Dodgers, the Braves, um, and then I wanted to say it was the Astros, and it still might be because they used to be from Fresno. But uh, the two top farm systems right now belong to the Dodgers and the Braves in AAA and AA right now, scout-wise. Um, and so with that, like, and, and, and like I said, Dodgers have three guys right now who are legit fielders. Legit. They have a shortstop, they have an outfielder, and I believe a third baseman as well. Now, they're already covered in those positions, but it doesn't help. That it doesn't hurt to have guys who can get days off and know you're not going to have a big drop-off. By the way, we can't go to break because our mouse isn't working, so uh, you can just say we are. I can't say the word, but, you know. Um, anyways, but uh, look, I, I, it's interesting that it would be bets out of all the guys. And, I, and they want value in return. They want lots of value in return. And they should get lots of value in return. You know what? And the thing is... Well, yeah, he's an MVP type but player. the problem is, if you trade David Price, you also got to give cash consideration. Because uh, he, what, $27 million, I think, is, is part of that contract for this upcoming year. Well, Price is set to be paid $96 million over the next three years. Okay, so there's going to be cash consideration a part of that. Which means they're going to want a lot of it. Because they're not going to freaking fill $96 million... In uh, the Dodgers won't, even though they have a nice little payroll. They're not going to freaking put in 80, 96 million for one guy who has left elbow problems with the arm that he throws with. There's no way, and he's inconsistent at best. Uh, yeah, it, if it, this will be interesting to see. According to multiple sources, it looks like they're in deep discussions: the Boston Red Sox and the Los Angeles Dodgers, and um, the the. The Red Sox have great pieces to send. Amen. And do the Dodgers only send young prospects? Or does somebody else, a key player that uh, has been part of their great playoff runs over the years, does does he get added to the mix to make it work? Yeah. To make the dollars and cents work? Yeah. Then that's actually... So how bad do they really want Mookie and, uh, and David Price? I'm telling you, though, if Mookie and Price both go to L.A., that's once again your NL favorite, without a doubt. Mookie is your leadoff hitter. Um, And then who's cleanup last year? No, and Justin Turner, by the way, in that lineup. And with the rotation they have, in, I mean, I know Kershaw has a major drop-off. I know that uh, you know Rich Hill isn't as good, and I, well, I guess Rich Hill like his breaking ball has just been found by a lot of other teams. Well, no, I guess I shouldn't say that because the only team that's been found by is a team that cheats. So no, that wouldn't be necessarily <laughs> true. And then you have uh, Ryu, right, the young kid. Yeah. Um, and then you have Bueller, the hard throwing righty. He throws about ninety-seven miles per hour, but is about as wild as the wild thing. For the Indians, former pitcher, great pitcher, by the way. So the problem really does become. 
<laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm sorry, buddy, but we're supposed to go to commercial break and our mouse isn't working, so uh, bear with us. The problem for me is that the richer get richer. Wait. The rich get richer. Okay? The rich get richer. Because Boston's not going to make a trade with Atlanta, some low market team in the NL West. Padres was a, con- uh, a, a conversation at one point. But the Padres don't have the talent pool in the farm system like the Dodgers do. That's where my biggest pet peeve is, is that because these farm systems get raided by other rich teams, they, they go there, and then they all of a sudden are... Uh, <clears throat> they, uh, they're all of a sudden they're in a worse stance than they were before. No more bien, as in India. That's, like that's the world of uh, Major League Baseball. No caps. No caps. Uh, no slaps. The the great free agents are getting tons of money, and then average and below average players are and not to call them below average players, but everybody else they're not getting anything. The yeah, average anything. salary in Major League Baseball is going down. I mean, we get these big headlines about, um, you know what what um, I can't think of his name. Guy in Philadelphia, uh, who was with the Nationals, Bryce Harper. Thank you. Uh, the kind of contract that he gets, and it was like, oh, look at all the money in baseball. <sighs> it's not really the case. You, you have one or two or just a handful of players that are getting these big, fat contracts at a very long term, but then you get a lot of other people that are just sitting there waiting for contracts that don't come, and then when they do come, they're below market value. Yeah. And by so the way... Major League Baseball speak, has some real problems. Speaking of salary payroll, when Chris Brown becomes a free agent in 2021, does he get what Trout gets? Does he get... What Bryce Harper gets? Probably not, unless he much goes less? on a tear this year and next. Yeah. How much less? What's your projection? I'm saying no more if, than If they're $300 million guys, Chris Bryant's probably a $200 million yeah, guy. Yeah, I was going to say two. Yep, two. Unless on, something on dramatically changes in the next year or two. All right, time to wrap up the first hour, and hopefully our mouse will work by the second hour. We'll find out. It's Eric Franson, AJ Salison, Gab the intern, and the intern also here. I got to get their uh, projections for their date coming up. Second hour on Twitter. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise, or Above the Noisy Set here at the Super Bowl in Miami. Whenever you tell the story of a Super Bowl, it starts with the quarterbacks Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo. Fascinating matchup. Mahomes is the reigning MVP and has been remarkable in the postseason. Jimmy G is still a bit of an unknown. The Niners haven't needed him to do very much. We're still not sure just how he'll perform on the big stage. When you step back and look at both of their careers, where they are now is actually pretty unlikely. Neither were big recruits. Garoppolo played at Eastern Illinois, Mahomes at Texas Tech. Although they both have plenty of swag now, they actually have a little bit of dark horse in them. But the Super Bowl does amazing things for legacies. Very few quarterbacks have won the big game, especially lately. It's been the same guys over and over again. But very soon, we'll have a new Super Bowl hero. Patrick Mahomes or Jimmy Garoppolo is about to be part of NFL history. I'm Dan Patrick and this I'm Dan Patrick.